Welcome to Shelter in Place, a podcast about finding daily sanity in a world that feels increasingly insane. Coming to you from Oakland, California, I'm Laura Joyce Davis. Welcome to this week's edition of Shelter in Place's Story Saturday, my small effort to demarcate this day from all of the others that feel exactly the same. Today, I'm thrilled to share with you an interview with a local Bay Area artist. I'm Christine Farouche. I'm a oil painter and mother of three, and I live in Oakland, California. I mostly make large oil paintings of people, and for the last mm, 10 years or so, it's been primarily my three girls. I have a studio space in Uptown Oakland that's open on First Fridays um, with Art Murmur, and we do Saturdays from noon to five. Christine is one of my oldest friends. I've known her for more than 30 years, since we were 10. We grew up together in Minnesota, and Christine is one of the few people in my life who can still remember my earliest, most embarrassing attempts at writing. As fellow artists, we've played an important role in each other's lives. Our friendship is a really perfect example of how visual artists need words, and sometimes I think writers are also inspired by the similar things that that artists are inspired by were kind of like a symbiotic pair. I think we, you and I have seen how much the creative struggle is similar for any kind of creating. So that to me is just a very natural pairing. We've spent a lot of time over the years commiserating, but also encouraging each other. We've shaped and supported each other's art, sometimes in important ways. Christine does a lot to promote the local art community. She often invites me to curate literary readings as part of her art shows. That's allowed me to not only share my own work, but invite other writers to share theirs. When the shelter-in-place mandate was announced, Christine and I were in the process of planning a literary art event for later this month. It's just part of what we do as creators is to nurture that creativity in other people. You know, a lot of what you've been asking people is about how COVID-19 has affected artists. And so, like, there's a couple different ways that it has affected me. And one of those main ways is my work for curating other shows. And right now at the Work Shack, we have Francis Baker's show that had to close early. Joy Ray was going to be opening this Friday night, Friday, April 3rd, and that had to be postponed. Um, She's an artist from Hawaii, and I had actually been out there collecting and doing studio visits with her when everything started. So, and then also I do help direct Art Route Oakland, which is an activity for artists or galleries and visitors to come out and see art in the spaces in person. So, A lot of those things have been put on hold until we are able to plan events where people are actually meeting together. I also wanted to feature Christine's work today because today was supposed to be a big day for her. One of the bummers for me is that today, Saturday, April 4th, was supposed to be the opening for this show. And um, I do have some really good photography of the paintings by Frances Baker who's an amazing artist and also fine art photographer. But seeing these paintings in person is really important because the girls are larger than life and they usually tower over a six foot adult. It really gives them a presence that 
I think is really important for women um, and girls to have in, in a painting that historically hasn't really been frequently how women are, or girls are represented in work. And a lot of them are looking straight out at the viewer in kind of a, a confronting sort of a way. And then the other thing about these paintings is that from a distance and from a small image on your computer, you can read them, but when you get up close, the drawing marks and the gestural qualities are almost like calligraphy. Since we can't see Christine's paintings in person today, I asked her to tell me about the show, which is posted virtually on Instagram and on the Gray Loft Gallery website. I'll also include information about it in my show notes. Let me just start with this. When I was coming home from the studio one day, I had my daughters in the car and I said to them, you know, I think if people read all the clues in these paintings, they might be a little scary. And my oldest said, well, that's okay, mom. Chemicals are scary. They were in on it with me, why we chose the objects that were in the paintings and why Mm -hmm. I made the pink icing on the cake and such. And then my middle daughter responded and said, you know, if people look at the clues around them in life, life is a little bit scary. And (laughs) I was so relieved that they were, it, it seemed to me that they had like a healthy understanding of that. They weren't like nervous about it, but they also were very aware of what they had made with me. So this body of work that is the current solo show is called Picnic. It was kind of a collaboration. The girls and I went out to the desert and we took a series of images of them having a tea party. And one of the things for me with this trying to explore their safety is I'm I'm fascinated with how The desert environment is very hostile, but people have actually lived there. But I'm also concerned about like, what's in the ground? What's in the water? How are my girls going to survive? And meanwhile, they're sort of just enjoying sweet moments in their lives, sometimes aware of the dangers around them and sometimes not. I appreciate them as sort of my, I don't know. Uh, I call them my entourage, <laughs> but they're in a way, in a way, they're my colleague, colleagues too, or my like co-creators. And after we shot those pictures in the desert, um, I I wondered right after we had done it if if that in a way had sort of been the art, the act of going out there to a place that was a little bit dangerous, and just being girls having a tea party. It's all of those things that a mother considers when raising children and all of those things that an artist considers when thinking about humans existing on this planet at this time in a particular location. But it is broad enough to be planet Earth in general. Along with that, I it's so it's like very anthropological the thing that I do and artists do. But then the the interesting component is also just like as a mother, your like goal in your brain and hormonally is to like keep your children alive. Christine's work often explores the dangers in our environment and the way that her children interact with them. Part of what informed this work was her experience of living in Fresno for a year where she and her family saw up close the realities of living in an agricultural community. There was a lot of concerns for me about 
you know, chemicals and pesticides and things in their environment and how that might affect them long term, like absorbing that from just playing outside. Yeah, the prevalence of using those things around people's homes that they were tracking in on their feet and getting into their swimming pools and stuff like that was a lot for me to think about. The body of work that makes up Picnic is visually striking, both because of the content, which seems innocent enough at first glance until you look a little closer, and because when you get close to these paintings, Christine's brush strokes and color choices are often surprising and gorgeous in and of themselves. The pink icing on these paintings I'm really enjoying because I've always thought that oil paint is much like icing and if you get up close to them it it does seem like you would enjoy like tasting it <laughs> and so some of my favorite paintings I would always say of other artists are yummy you know and um if it's yummy then it, it has like a physical appeal like you want to eat it and I think that that's kind of fun I asked Christine to talk a little bit about one painting in particular which is a central work in the show it's a picture of her three daughters having a picnic in the middle of the desert. Like much of Christine's work in this show, it's a seemingly innocuous scene until you look closer. There's what looks like garbage in the background. The items in their picnic are not the ones that you would expect. One of them is wearing yellow cleaning gloves, and the other one is wearing those blue chemical safety gloves. The ones we see a lot right now when people are going to the grocery stores. Yes. <laughs> so they already had meaning to me, but now with seeing them frequently, I've, I've actually, and I've seen them tossed into the ditch. People are like losing their blue gloves and then they're just like everywhere. So yes, there's the, there's the blue gloves that are kind of protecting the girls against what? That's a little up to the viewer to decide. And then the yellow cleaning gloves, like, you know, suggesting domesticity and washing dishes or being and the way the girls are acting is they're kind of just wearing the gloves like they're being fancy and I think this is a really key thing that children do that um, is they they take the things around them and make up their own story with them so um, there's room inside the paintings to go back and forth between tranquil peaceful idyllic scene and then asking other more serious or darker questions about what's going on. Christine says that while she is concerned for her girls and for this world, she's not fearful. This was true before COVID-19, and it's still true now. For Christine, not living by fear is part of her spiritual practice and beliefs. She's resolved to think critically about what's going on, but not to let fear rule her. She says that danger is part of life, as a mother, her job is to help her girls live, thrive, to be strong and navigate the world. When she sees them, and what you see in her paintings, is strong, capable young ladies who will be just fine. In general, I've really come to a point where I realize like how important it is to make these paintings and how important it is, how important a mother artist is and how my paintings are critical anthropological documentation. My paintings have always been exploring how well we are going to survive as humans. And girls carry around with them 
what they will use to make the next generation, meaning like, you know, like our eggs are actually like in us our whole lives. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think women as the nurturers and caregivers for like the next generation, and I'm raising girls who are going to be raising the next generation and like physical well-being, our social well-being, and how that goes into the future. I mean, that's the anthropological part to me that is universal, whether we're dealing with COVID-19 or we're dealing with too much princess plastic crap being thrown at my girls, which was one of my first inspirations, or or the chemicals in the Central Valley. Like It's all things that are going to determine how well we survive as humans and how each individual is able to enjoy and live their life. I asked Christine how she's coping during this time when so much of the world is feeling fearful. Um, well, I've been listening to your podcast and every time Aww. I hear something on your podcast, there's something that inspires me. Like I did the happy hour thing with the neighbors on the sidewalk because you guys had been doing similar things to connect like social distancing, but still connecting face to face is super important to me. I'm a figurative painter, so I get inspired by people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this is not a good time for me. I am trying to find hope kind of more for what this might do in a positive way for other people. And one thing is, is I homeschool my girls normally. This is not new for me um, without, you know, pressure of the school sending you digital stuff or whatever. So my, I get to be with my girls all the time. And that's why I can have the opportunity to get to know them and study what is going on in their lives. And I guess I actually, one of the hopes that I have for people that's hard for me to find hope on my days where I'm feeling very depressed, is that other mothers and parents will get to have some of these special inside views into their children's lives that they wouldn't otherwise have. That is really special and really actually like a huge part of the inspiration for my work. For me, when my third little girl was born, I fell into postpartum depression slash mania, and it was pretty dramatic, and I got help that I needed right away, but part of that was making sure that I created, and that was a piece of my sanity that was non-negotiable, and so it made me a more complete person, and they watch me work, they're part of my work, but then they also get what they need from me. It's, it's about everybody getting what they need to be healthy as humans. And I think that's what I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, families will come to that beautiful balance that's there. I am not a superhuman person because I'm an artist and a mother. (laughs) (laughs) And I've had a lot of, and initially I had a lot of insecurity about it because even during the feminist movement, movement, there were people who said that you could not be a woman mother and an artist. And I was very blessed to meet the the art historian Betty Ann Brown at the Key Pie Pie workshop for artists, which is a really wonderful program. I'm a fellow with them. But she really helped me. Betty Ann Brown, Dr. Betty Ann Brown helped me realize that it was completely acceptable and that how important it was and unique to be a mother artist for that anthropological documentation that I have an insider view on. I resonate with this so much. My own journey as a writer and a mother has been a bumpy one at times. When I had my son, I tried to just keep working as much as I had before, determined that nothing would change. When my second was born, 
that all blew up in my face. And I had to go through my own year of postpartum depression before I could come to terms with the reality that my expectations for myself needed to change and that I was capable of a lot less than I wanted to be. Before I had my third, I remember reading essays by other writers who said that you couldn't be successful if you had more than one kid. And yet it was clear to me from the beginning that I was a pretty miserable human being when I didn't create. I don't think I really made my peace with motherhood until I accepted that writing and motherhood did not have to be at odds with each other. My best days as a mother are the ones where my insights as a writer inform my decisions as a parent. And when the moments with my children give me a greater sensitivity to the words that I write. I asked Christine how those of us who are able could support artists like her during this time. As the director for Art Route Oakland and working with Art Murmur and trying to have shows for other artists at Gallery at the Workshack, to me actually was the biggest disappointment early on when things were getting canceled is I was very concerned about how that was going to affect the artists who their primary income is from the work they sell or their primary income is from, you know, working at a tasting room or a restaurant. And if people end up with a little bit of extra from government check or whatever, or tax return, if they can consider purchasing art from especially artists that they know that that's that they might be suffering loss of income, I would really urge people to consider that. In our space at the Workshack, probably about half of the artists are like completely without income right now. You can go on the Workshack website to find them. Yeah, I just encourage people to try to consider buying art. It's a great, I mean, my house is filled with small works from other artists and it's been a really nice thing to be able to look at those small works while I'm home. My own home also includes small works of art by local artists. Many of them are friends, especially right now when there's so much sadness and death and fear in our world. It's a beautiful thing to be surrounded by other people's creations. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Shelter in Place, I would love it if you could rate it and review it wherever you listen, share it with a friend, and subscribe. Shelter in Place is sponsored by Brick and Mortar and Delta Wines. Even in these tough times, this family business has stepped up to be the first sponsor of Shelter in Place. When you order wine from brickandmortarwines.com or winesforchange.com, you can get 10% off your order by using the promo code SHELTER. If you order six or more bottles from Brick and Mortar, you'll also get free shipping and overnight shipping in California. The Shelter in Place music was composed by Chase Horseman at Reactor Productions, and the Shelter in Place artwork was created by Sarah Edgel. As always, you can find links to the things I mentioned in each episode in my show notes at laurajoycedavis.com. Until tomorrow, this is Shelter in Place. I'm Laura Joyce Davis.